Have you tried to teach your toddler how to sit and eat properly at the family table? Do you wonder how best to teach your young child good table manners? And what should you focus on when eating out at a restaurant with young kids? So the big question is this. How do we navigate through the mountain of overwhelming, often contradictory, and sometimes false parenting information we find online? What parenting information should you believe and apply, and what should you reject? That is the big question, and in this podcast, we will help you understand what underlies your child's behavior and explain how to react in a way that favors your child's optimal development. I'm Alexandra Scherzer, and welcome to the Wise Parenting Podcast. I think it's safe to say that most parents want their child to be well-mannered at the table, to grow up knowing what is and what is not polite at the table, either at home, at a restaurant, or at a friend's house. I think this is a topic that is top of mind for parents today, because it's something my husband and I talk about and work at, and I see it with friends when we get together over mealtime. Whether parents are actively trying to get their young kids to behave at the table with explanations and corrections, or whether they are out for dinner and their toddler is watching an iPad next to them, the long-term vision of having a child who eats and sits well at the table seems to always be looming in some way, shape, or form. So if you can relate, then listen in. This is our topic for today's podcast, Young Kids Eating at the Table. We all want our kids to grow up with good table manners, but there's a lot of differing information online about how to get to that point in the future. Let's first talk about different meals and meal times and what parents can expect of their young children. Before we get into talking about how young children learn good table manners, I want to say that it may be helpful for some parents to have different expectations for breakfast, lunch, and supper. So, for most families, Mornings are a very rushed time. It's not the time to be trying to teach table manners, and this is a time where it's okay for parents to have fewer expectations from their young children. In fact, most parents have to get out the door by a certain time, and so it's okay to have fewer requirements about table manners in order to help you avoid at least that source of stress in the morning. Chances are, If you think about your life before children, breakfast was a very casual meal. You may not even have been seated and eating together. So if it was okay for you in the adult world, then it should remain okay for you in the adult with kids world. So for breakfast, I think the most you can expect from a young child seated at a table is for her to be there just long enough to want to eat. Everyone's just grabbing their breakfast. It isn't a family meal in the traditional sense. So you may not even be seated with your child the entire time she's eating. So why am I saying this? Well, it's because the goal when leaving your house in the morning should be for everyone to feel as relaxed, as comfortable, and as ready to learn or work as possible. So Even if your young child isn't using the very best table manners according to your expectations, work on trying to let some of it go. Today's episode is about young kids and table manners, and I'll say here that the better meal times to focus on table manners are lunch and supper, which we'll get into. Back to breakfast time, if you find yourself getting aggravated, 
short with your children and reprimanding them for how they're behaving at the table, then this is what I would say. I'm not suggesting that breakfast should be chaotic, but it's not the time to be trying to teach your young child table manners. It's not the time to start teaching her something new, something she wasn't doing before, like using a fork instead of her fingers, which she had probably been using regularly and with ease up until that point. Instead, as I mentioned, let your child eat as best she can with whatever table setting that best suits her abilities. Okay, so that's a good point. Breakfast is a special time of the day because it's largely what will set the tone for everyone's day as they walk out the door. And parents want to leave the house and for their children to leave the house in the best mood possible. There's no shame in setting yourself up for an easier morning, and there are many ways to do this. Get the plates ready with food before she comes to the table so that she doesn't have to wait when seated. Also, why not use sippy cups or water bottles instead of open cups at this time of day? Set yourself up to not have to clean up more spills than necessary and get aggravated. So let's move on to lunch. In some households, if young children are eating at home, a parent may be with them for this meal. Generally speaking, this isn't a rest meal, so it's a great time for working on great positive relationship with your child. As you will hear later on, good manners are strongly related to a good relationship between the parent and the child. And because this isn't a rush time, it's a good time to introduce practicing skills like using cutlery, unbreakable open cups, plates, bowls, etc. Set them out and let them explore and learn how to use them during a casual, friendly meal. You shouldn't teach, but rather make them available for her to try if she likes. A young child will learn more easily in a relaxed and comfortable setting. She may be more interested in trying on some days than others, and that's okay. Follow her lead. And I'll repeat something I've said before because it's so important. There are no quick fixes, but there are good solutions. On the days that you do have time to slow down for your young child and she seems interested in trying to practice new skills, then do so. Let her take 20 minutes to eat her soup on her own or let her take the time she needs to eat her pasta with a fork. As she struggles to use a new fork, or returns to using her fingers, or asks for your help, for instance, support her. Don't push, don't force, again follow her lead. It will take time, but calm and not rushed atmospheres truly are the best context in which a young child learns basic table manners. This is one more occasion where the S, being self-aware of the wise parenting formula, comes into play. If your time is short because you have to get to a doctor's appointment or if you're not feeling relaxed and at ease on a given day, then save the teaching for another time. Just as being rushed in the morning is not a good time to think about teaching table manners, the same goes for any meal. The point is that teaching manners always has to be done in a very relaxed and even fun time at the table, regardless of the time of day or meal. Now... You may be listening and thinking, but neither of us are at home at lunch with our children. And I'll address this when we discuss dinner time. 
So now we've discussed breakfast and lunch. I think many parents are most concerned with supper or dinner time and eating together as a family at the end of the day, at the family table. That's right. At breakfast, families are in a rush to get out of the house. At lunch, many families aren't with their young children. And so it's at supper time that the parents are present and are aware of manners and how their children are eating at the table. From my experience working with and helping families, I found that many parents go off track at supper because their expectations don't meet up with their young child's cognitive interests, developmental stage, and their emotional and physical abilities. And we'll address all the factors involved so that by the end of this episode, you will feel clearer, more at ease, and more confident about your parenting decisions when it comes to your young children eating at the table. Okay, so let's begin with cognitive interests. What can parents expect from their young children? There are two main cognitive interests at play when looking at young children at the table. The first is that children are little scientists. When they are presented with food, they will do more than just eat. For instance, they will drop things on the floor to see what happens. Does it roll? Does it bounce? Does it make a noise, etc.? The sound of a hard-boiled egg cracking in its shell is a very different sound than the splatter of potatoes. This can start as young as eight, nine months old. As I said, they're little scientists. They will also experiment with how things look on the plate. They will arrange the food in different ways to see how it looks and even explore how it looks on the table or placemat. And as far as expectations go, Parents should know that young children are little scientists and they use food to explore and learn. Parents shouldn't expect their young child, at least until the age of three, but even beyond sometimes, to simply eat their food and not play around with it. They are experimenting. Parents view mealtime from an adult's perspective, mainly a time to eat. But children are always learning in everything they do Mealtime is just one more learning activity. As children get a bit older, they may still look as if they're playing with their food, but what they're doing now is that when they are no longer really hungry, is distracting themselves from boredom, and I'll get into their emotional abilities a bit later on. The second is not related to a particular age span, but concerns all of early childhood. It's that their cognitive development doesn't permit them to understand, follow, or be interested in much of adult conversation. Their brain simply hasn't reached that stage of development. Young children aren't really interested in listening to a conversation unless it's related to them. So parents shouldn't expect their young child to sit at the table unless they are talking to or about them. To know what is happening cognitively, what's happening in your child's brain, the I in our wise parenting formula, can be of great help. It will help you to see that your young child is experimenting and learning, not just playing. It will also help you to be more patient when your young child loses interest in your conversation and does things to attract your attention. 
It will help you to see that she's not misbehaving. Her brain has simply tuned out your adult conversation and now needs you to engage with her. So those were two cognitive interests. So what about the developmental stage? The main developmental stage that parents should be aware of in regards to manners and eating at the table is the second stage, which lasts from approximately 18 months to three years old. In this second stage of development, she establishes feelings of autonomy and control, or she establishes feelings of shame about what she does and doubts about her abilities. This stage is commonly, commonly referred to as the no stage, and parents shouldn't expect their young child to sit fairly quietly at the table and eat for any length of time during this stage. Saying no is part of them trying to become autonomous, an individual, a person. So what does this look like at the table? It often looks like a young child resisting putting on a bib, resisting certain foods, even though you know she likes them, insisting she has a certain plate or things are placed in a certain way at the table or on her plate. You will also hear things like, I don't want any toast, as she puts a piece of toast in her mouth. Something that's important for parents to know about during this stage is that no will often come out. It's a knee-jerk response to try to control things, but often no will mean yes, so it can be very confusing and exhausting for parents. But keep in mind again, it's essential for your child to feel she is an individual in her own right, that she can make decisions and she can control things, and these are some of the ways she tries to do so. All in all, it's a trying time for parents and it isn't any easier at the table. We will be recording a few episodes on the various developmental stages in the next couple of weeks, so be sure to tune in and listen to them to get a better understanding of what's happening in your child's brain at different ages. Okay, so cognitively speaking, what's going on in your young child's brain has a great influence in the behavior that we, parents, see at the table. They're always learning, even if it's in ways that we don't love to see at the table, and they lose interest quite quickly. When they're in their second stage of development, it makes it much more difficult or even impossible to get them to sit down and behave the way you may like. So you mentioned emotional and physical abilities as well, that these come into play at the table. What are those? The brains of children up to about the age of five are telling them to get up and move and not sit for prolonged periods. So emotionally, young children quickly run out of patience, especially in situations that no longer interest them. When they've eaten, they've eaten. They no longer have any interest in sitting at the table. And physically, young children simply have to get up and move. Again, once they've eaten, they've eaten, and need to go on to something else. Now, you may say that your young child can sit for an extended time watching a movie or with an iPad. This is because these activities are highly stimulating. But again, I'm sure you'll have noticed some shows and games capture their interest for longer periods than others. Just because they can do this at times under certain conditions doesn't mean parents should expect them to be able to do this in any given situation. Keep in mind, 
the same food on their plate, the boring adult conversation in the same old kitchen isn't very stimulating. So now we've gone over the eye of our wise parenting formula, what's going on in your young child's brain at mealtime. What can parents do about it? Well, this may sound like a surprising statement, but parents shouldn't think that it's necessary for very young children to be at the dinner table with them. Given the interests and lack of certain abilities of young children, as explained earlier, having them at the table can make it hard on the children and more difficult for the parents. It's harder to have a nice conversation, it's harder to relax, it's harder to enjoy your meal while trying to keep young children at the table, giving their experimenting with their food, saying no, insisting on your full attention, and trying to leave the table. Sitting together for a family meal should be enjoyable, relaxing, and pleasant. Young children at the family table can make it very difficult to achieve this, and so, Eating at the table with the parents should be a privilege, not an obligation. This privilege should be given when the child feels that sitting at the table and eating with her parents is rewarding for her. And this will come when she's past the stage of experimenting with food, having to say no to everything. She has some interest in her parents' conversation, can sit for longer periods of time, and has the patience to do so. All of these factors will come in time, but if parents make the family table an agreeable place to be, she will want to be there. And this is key. A child who wants to be at the table with her parents is a child who is more ready and able to learn and use good table manners. So you mentioned that having young children at the table can make it more difficult to relax and enjoy a meal. Tell us more about that. If young children who are still not cognitively, emotionally, and physically ready to sit at the family table with their parents, and they are required to do so, supper time will be very tense. It will require parents who are extremely casual and laid back at the table to not become tense and demanding. There are some parents who are like this, but most parents are not. And because of the tension, parents will likely start to give orders to the children and be short with each other. Use your fork, don't put your foot on the table, eat, don't play, and stop nagging her, let her eat on her own, move the cup away, etc. Mealtime can easily become a training ground, and a training ground is work, it isn't pleasant. The family table shouldn't be a battleground, and... Having young kids at the table and trying to teach them proper manners sets the stage for it to be a battleground. So if young kids shouldn't be eating with their parents because emotions around the table can get negative, not only between parents and children, but between parents and parents, what do you suggest? Young children should eat before the parents eat. Families can do this in different ways, but essentially the idea is that the job of feeding children should be done before the parents sit down to eat. And now I'll explain the most important thing about learning manners. Children learn manners by watching their parents and modeling after them. If the relationship is good, they want to be like their parents as they see them. 
I've spoken about modeling in several other episodes. It truly is a very influential factor on children's behavior. And modeling plays a huge role in learning proper table manners. Children learn to ask politely for things at the table, use their cutlery properly, sit fairly quietly, take turns speaking, listen without interrupting, etc., etc., by watching their parents do all of these things and modeling after them. And there's a very important factor in play with modeling, which I briefly mentioned earlier. That is that the more pleasant and natural the atmosphere is at the table, the more and the more quickly the children will learn to have good manners and want to use them. So back to children and modeling. The children should be welcome to sit with the parents if they want, but seeing as they've eaten, the parents don't have to take time and energy during their meal to ensure that the children eat and eat properly. Whether they're sitting at the table with the parents or are playing nearby or even in another room, they are definitely listening and, if close enough, are watching their parents. Many parents don't realize that the best way to teach good manners is for parents to use them. I'm going to repeat this because it's so important. The best way to teach good manners is for parents to use them without having to draw attention to them. But what about in families where the children eat beforehand and are in bed by the time the parents sit down to eat their supper? So in this case, the children can watch and learn proper table manners by watching how their parents eat at other times. For example, any time is a good time to model good manners, speak politely, and be pleasant with each other. This would include meals on weekends, on special occasions when the children are awake during supper time for adults, perhaps at lunchtime, in some circumstances, etc. Without going out of your way, there are plenty of opportunities for parents to model good manners. And I'll mention here that sometimes parents have to guide and help the children to use the cutlery properly, to say please and thank you, and not interrupt, etc. But the more this is done in a pleasant, friendly, relaxed atmosphere, and the more these things are modeled by the parents, the less it becomes a structured teaching situation, and the more easily the children pick up on the good manners. So if the children eat beforehand, what should parents do when their young child experiments with her food at the table, for example? Above all, as I've mentioned a few times, parents should do what they can to create a pleasant atmosphere. So what does this mean? It means if your child is experimenting with food, that you not punish her for dropping some food on purpose or rearranging her, the food on her plate. It may be hard to believe, but she is developing her understanding of physics. For instance, how movement, speed, weight, and distance are related, and you don't want to squash this learning with punishment. On the other hand, just because you understand why she's experimenting with her food at the table doesn't mean you should allow all of it to continue. It's important to set a few boundaries and to do so gently and consistently. The best way to set a boundary is to explain how she should modify her behavior to something you find acceptable. For example, after throwing two or three peas on the floor, you can say the rest of the peas are for eating and prevent her from throwing another by gently holding her hand or moving the plate out of the way. Be consistent in enforcing your boundary and she will eventually respect it.
When she eats beforehand on her own, you can help her to learn what is acceptable behavior at the table given her stage of development, and you can enjoy a pleasant, more relaxing meal because she's already had hers. So if a child eats beforehand, what should parents do if their child is in the second developmental stage and says no to everything? First of all, I'll repeat that parents should do what they can to create a pleasant atmosphere. I would suggest parents keep in mind their child's need for control when she's at the table. Parents can think of ways to let their toddler think she's in control when in fact they are. You can offer her a choice between any foods or place settings when you have at least two choices available. The more choices she makes, the more solid her feeling of autonomy, and therefore she will be less resistant to eating what's on her plate and less resistant to sitting long enough to finish her meal. It doesn't mean she won't resist. It just means she will resist less. For example, offer a green plate or a blue plate for her to choose from. And when she eats beforehand on her own, you can help her to learn what is acceptable behavior at the table given her stage of development, and you can enjoy a pleasant, more relaxing meal because she's already had hers. Some families view supper time as an important family time, where everyone gets together at the end of the day to spend some time together before bed. If a family wants this type of family time, what should they do then? First of all, if a family is having a family dinner with their young children and they enjoy this family time at the end of the day, they're not tense with each other or with the children, by all means, they should continue. The problem is that in many families, the family meal, and most often supper, is a training ground for good manners and it's not pleasant. Again, if it's unpleasant, young children should not be at the family table. Second, Shared family time doesn't have to be around the table. It can be anywhere, anytime, when all members of the family are present. So, if families are hoping to share this time at the end of the day, they can still do so. It just doesn't have to be at the supper table. Shared time together should be pleasant and without all the negative adjuncts of spoons falling on the floor, spills, and food being thrown around. So if young children don't have the ability to sit and eat properly at the table, what about eating out in a restaurant? Does this mean that parents shouldn't go out with their young children? No, it doesn't mean that. Let me explain. Taking young children out to eat in a restaurant is one of the many ways to teach children how to live in society. It's a learning experience on how to behave in society. It's there that they learn that you stay at your own table, you don't get up and down from your seats, you don't stand on the chairs, you don't yell, you stop talking to each other when the waiter or waitress is is taking your order, etc., etc. So yes, parents should take their children out to restaurants if they so desire. But where they go and how often they go will depend on who their child is and what stage she is in. As for the who, the W in our wise parenting formula, some children will adapt more easily to the requirements of eating in a restaurant than others will. Don't think it's your fault if your child doesn't meet these requirements easily. It's related to her temperament and not to your parenting practices. I want to be clear again that what you should expect at home is different from what you should expect in a restaurant. 
again at home. The idea is that the parents enjoy a relaxed and enjoyable meal, and there's no need for the children to be at the table if their being there is a source of tension and stress. They can eat earlier, share family time at the end of the day away from the table, and begin to learn proper manners by observing them from a distance. In a restaurant, it's different. Simply by having the entire family at the table eating together will make it less relaxing, but that doesn't mean it has to be less enjoyable. The idea is that the family can share an experience together, a learning experience for the children, which is different from what they learn at home. Again, it shouldn't be a forced teaching experience. The parents should focus on making this different learning experience as pleasant as possible. For children, it's a way to learn about how different people act, not just their parents. They watch other tables. They watch the staff, etc. And they also learn about different expectancies, like not going around to other tables, sitting calmly, etc. They learn to speak more quietly in a restaurant than they might at home in order not to disturb the other people. And so parents should give their children the liberty to watch and learn everything from how the people at the next table are behaving to how the waiters and waitresses are carrying the food. There's so much to learn and observe just from being out in a restaurant. In my experience, parents are sometimes surprised to hear how much their children can learn from an experience such as eating out when they let their children observe. This goes back to the main message in today's episode, which is that the family table should be a very pleasant place to be, whether at home or elsewhere. From a parent's point of view, when they go out to a restaurant, the point is to eat. When children go to a restaurant, the point is to learn different things than they would learn at home. This is not the time to insist that a child eats certain amounts of certain foods the way they might be doing at home. Doing this makes it unpleasant and takes away from their learning experience. Nonetheless, if you're going to take a young child out to a restaurant, prepare yourself with activities that will be sure to interest and entertain your child during the whole meal. And know that at least one of you will have to pay more attention to the child than to the other or to the food. That's just the reality of going out for a meal with young children. So pack stickers, crayons, small toys, and even an electronic device. Interesting entertainment and distraction are the key to enjoying a meal in a restaurant. Again, this is not the time to correct manners or insist on the child eating certain foods. Be careful not to fall into the training ground mode. Going out for a meal with the family is special and should be pleasant and enjoyable for everyone. Also, it may be a good idea to order little or no food for young children. Just share your plate. What often happens is that parents order a plate for their young child who doesn't eat it, and the parents start trying to persuade the child to eat, who won't, and the whole meal becomes unpleasant. If you order food with the expectation that you'll be taking it home in a doggy bag, then go ahead and order it, but don't nag your child to eat it. So is the idea parallel to what happens at home? Is it that eventually the child will develop further and the parents will be able to expect her to join them in a restaurant, eat her full meal, and use good manners? Yes. 
helping to interest and distract them at the table so they don't act in socially inappropriate ways, allowing them to take in the whole experience by observation and not expecting them to really eat is how it starts. But like everything with children, it evolves and parents will be able to expect more as she grows. Just like at home, and especially if the family table is a pleasant place to be, she will develop and be able to use good table manners outside of the house, either in a restaurant or at a friend's home, as well as at home. As I said before, she will learn how to act when in society, not just at home. Having good manners, from using the cutlery properly to choosing pleasant and well-received topics of conversation will become automatic and will serve her well in the future. So what are the signs that your child is actually ready to eat at the table with you? The first sign would be that she has passed the stage of using food as an important tool with which to experiment scientifically. The second would be that she has come out of the second developmental stage so that she doesn't automatically say no to all suggestions. And the third would be that she can easily sit at the table for 30 minutes or so because she's interested in conversations at the table of which she is not necessarily the subject. And the last important sign I will mention is that she shows that she wants to sit with you at the table. She may ask directly, she may just climb up on a chair or ask to sit on you. So what about families with more than one young child? What happens when an older child is showing signs and seems ready to transition to the family dinner table, but a younger sibling or siblings aren't? In this case, the older child should be welcomed at the family dinner table and the younger sibling or siblings still not. This is a great reward for the older child, one of the many rewards they should be given for being the eldest. And we will talk about various subjects related to siblings in other episodes. But for now, I will just say that the eldest should be seated at the table when ready and the younger siblings have to wait until they are ready. And seeing an older sibling seated at the family table, whereas they are not, is a powerful motivator for the younger ones to imitate the behavior of the older one in order to be allowed to sit at the family table. To set yourself up in this way spares the parents a great deal of stress and tension. So let's say parents see these signs. How should they then transition from eating separately to eating together? If you think your older child is ready, then you can begin rearranging your routine to all eat together. But usually what happens is that the child may show interest but isn't fully ready for a complete transition. Parents can begin by giving the child part of their meal earlier and the rest at the family table with the parents. In families where the parents waited until the child was in bed to have their meal, they can now eat earlier in order to have their child eat with them for at least part of the meal. This may sound like too much to ask of parents in order to accommodate their young child, but if enjoying fairly peaceful family meals with children having proper table manners is important to you, then it's really worth it. When the child is interested and able to join her parents at the table, this is when she really learns and solidifies her good table manners. 
This is because she has reached an age and a stage where she can imitate your table manners, putting together what she has seen of mealtimes from a distance and what she sees now at the table. So back to, is all of this worth it? Yes, it is. If your young child expresses that she wants to eat with you, it means you've succeeded in showing that this is a pleasant place to be and that you can give her the huge privilege of saying yes. As I said at the beginning, eating at the table shouldn't be an obligation. It should be a privilege. Some parents don't realize that what happens around the table in early childhood has long-term consequences. If it's enjoyable and fun to eat at the table at age four, five, six, it will be more fun at 10, 11, 12. Although there are many other factors at play, you are setting yourself up to have an adolescent who will want to eat with you at the table and later on will invite you to her house for supper. So I hope that our discussion today about having young kids sit at the family table for meals has helped you to feel more comfortable with what your family is choosing to do. Whether that's having young kids eat first and parents and older kids eat later, or if it's that the entire family's eating together, the take-home message is that your priority should be to focus on having a pleasant and enjoyable meal. Doing this will benefit your relationship with your spouse and the long-term family dynamic at the table where kids grow up seeing, understanding, and eventually participating in a happy and enjoyable environment shared at the family table. And along with creating a pleasant atmosphere around the table, the power of imitation and modeling is very strong. We often don't realize how much of an impact our own behavior has on teaching our children how to behave. This combination of a relaxed and comfortable family meal with parents who model polite conversation and good manners is the best way to raise children to become adults who are pleasant to have at the table. And always remember to keep your expectancies in line with your child's developmental stage. Doing so will help you feel clearer, more at ease, and more confident with your parenting decisions. We hope that you found today's podcast helpful. Come say hi on social. Our Facebook and Instagram accounts are at Dr. Solomon's Wisdom, all one word. You can subscribe to the Wise Parenting Podcast on any podcast app, including Spotify, the Apple and Google Podcast apps, or wherever you listen. Parenting advice keeps changing on us, depending on what you read and who you listen to. This is making parents feel like they're doing a bad job. And worst of all, Many parents today don't know who to trust for what is probably the most important job they'll ever have. So if you're the parent of a young child and you would like to feel clearer, more confident, and more at ease about your parenting decisions, then the Wise Parenting Academy can help you get there. With on-demand access to foundation lectures and seminars in digital, print, and audio, as well as exclusive one-on-one guidance from Dr. Solomon, The Wise Parenting Academy is the perfect next step to building the best long-term outcomes for your child. Come check us out at thewiseparentingacademy.com. Thank you for listening, and we hope you will join us again.